All right, Bears fans, are you looking for the ultimate stocking stuffers this holiday season? Look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, they just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. I bought my buddy's Manscaped products for an early Secret Santa this year. Not only do they love the products, but it got by far the most laughs. A few of their products that are prime stocking stuffer this season are the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, Crop Cleanser Body Wash, a full body wash that you can also use on your hair, Crop Mop Ball Wipes, because you never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared, Foot Duster Foot Deodorant, the Shears 2.0, a luxury four-piece nail kit, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer, which provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs, and let's not forget about the Lawn Mower 3.0 Trimmer, which offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know their products are legit. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code SHY. That's code SHY, C-H-I. Whether this is for your partner, dad, brother, friend, get them something that they will actually use and it's almost sure to get a laugh. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code SHY. Now back to Bears Nation Podcast. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. All right, baby. Welcome back to Chicago. Bears Nation Podcast. We got a little bit of a special episode for you guys this week, a little week, midweek episode here. I'm your host, Kevin Lapka. Joined as always by my guy, Chris Nano. He's here with us. But we got a special guest for you guys, a recurring guest, one of our few recurring guests on this show from ESPN 1000, co-host of the Black and Abdallah show. It's Adam Abdallah. Abdallah, how's it going, my man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Really glad to have you back on here. The last time we had you on, it was, it was a very fun time. We had a great conversation, broke down a lot of things, but a lot has happened since then. Um, and now I'm going to bring up some receipts, Abdallah. And and listen, I'm not bringing up the Jimmy Graham five touchdowns thing, but I'm going to bring up a quote of something you said. How many touchdowns does he have? How many touchdowns He's got have? five. So he reached a threshold. Okay. You know, and we're not going to gloat about it because this is no time to gloat. You know, this is no time to gloat. But there is something I did want to bring up that you said last time, and I want to know your thoughts on it. You said last time, quote, I don't hope that things go poorly for the Bears, but if they do, I hope Nagy survives and he just brings a GM that can work with him. Now, again, I'm not trying to throw shade here because you could find receipts of me and Chris saying the most asinine and incorrect things ever. That's the nature of the business. You can find that anywhere. But obviously, you got to feel differently about Nagy at this point, right? Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, look at it. You you thought, like, before the season, everything was supposed to click, right? And before that, when we did this, however long ago, you know, if it's been, you know, eight weeks or whatever, then everything was supposed to click. Everything was supposed to be, the offense was supposed to be better. Like, they went from, what was it, 27th last year, and I said, just get up to, like, 15. Like, don't even, like, I don't need you to be a top five offense. Just be top 15. And they're not even averaging 20 points a game. I mean, after this week against the Lions, they might be. But, you know, going into the Lions game, they're averaging 19.1 points per game. Like, that's, you can't score three touchdowns in a game. So, 
he's obviously in over his head. Um, and then, you know, giving up the play calling to Bill Lazor midseason, just listening to him, you know, talking uh, on these Zoom calls and in these, these he's losing it. He's lost it. He's, I don't know if he's lost the team, but he's definitely lost confidence in what he can do. And you can just tell, like, he's, nah, he's not it. He's not it. No, he's not. He's not at all. Um, and it, it is interesting because I heard you and Chris Black on your last show talking about physicality um, and the physicality of the team. And the reason why I think that's so weird is because isn't that kind of how Nagy branded himself from the jump? You know, in 2018, he was all about, I'm going to get the guys fired up, ready to go. We've got clubbed up after the game. Let's get fired up. Let's get ready to play. I'm going to get my team ready to play every week. And now two years later, you're looking at it now and he can't get his team ready to play for any of these games this week. Uh, and they're not playing with physicality like you guys have mentioned in the past. And it's just so strange to me. How does something like that fall apart? You know, you know, what goes into that? And I don't know the answers for that, but it's just so strange to me how something that he branded himself off of in 2018 has collapsed to the point where it's at right now. Well, I think it starts with, you know, the lack of performance by the offense, you know, like you, you saw Mm -hmm. in that, in the game against the lions, they were moving, you know, they had, they were moving the ball. Well, Montgomery was playing really well. Um, and you had that type of smash mouth football that you were looking for. You know, he was rolling out and getting stuff done with play action. They were moving. And then the second half comes. And once again, you see another third quarter with no points. You see a defense that, you know, I I don't know how healthy Akeem Hicks is out there. I'm not going to make excuses for guys. The defense didn't show up. The defense has been subpar most of the season, you know, leading into this game. And this game just proved it, that they're just either they've given up or they've just lost it. Um, I mean, they're still middle of the pack, but that's where it starts. You know, it starts with being able to run the ball and play good defense. Like, look at the Bills last night. Like, that's what we thought we were getting. Like, that's what Bears fans and everybody thought we were getting. We thought we were getting a good defense. You know, just be solid. Actually, the Bears defense was better last year and the year before. And then a raw quarterback in Josh Allen, who they molded into what he wanted and what they wanted him to be. And then they, and you run the ball and you're physical and you've got a good offensive line. Well, look what, look at what happened. You drafted the Ross quarterback in the draft with Trubisky. You didn't develop him. He's got talent, but he's got, he's got athleticism, but he doesn't have talent. And so you have to make up for that with, you know, trying to run the ball more. Well, they can't run the ball because the offensive line is bad. And, you know, they're running Cordero Patterson and they're running all these jet sweeps and they're doing all this, this tricky stuff that you could just, just line up and run the damn ball, you know, and, and don't necessarily do it right between right down the middle of the line. Like you've got to have some kind of trickery or stunts or whatever you want to pull, but that in not having an offense like that translates to the defense because the defense knows if they don't play a perfect game, then they're going to lose. And, you know, look at, Look at the game against the Lions. If the defense plays a decent game, they win that game. And we're having a different conversation. We're having a conversation about, okay, so what happens now? They beat the Lions. Now, if they beat the Texans, then what? Then if they beat the Jags, then what? Then if they beat the Vikings, then what? And it's like, well, it's a completely different conversation if they beat the Lions because now we're looking at a possible three or four game winning streak, winning four out of the last five, and possibly saving your jobs in one fumble which may or may not have been mitch's fault like you should you can it's chicken egg thing like you can blame it on him or you can blame it on the play calling or you can blame it on the offensive line but the fact is when your defense knows that they're just going to be tasked with trying to stop the next play 
you're not you're gonna lose guys and you can't you can't be this rah rah club dub guy and we're just gonna go out and try to find a way to win and and all this kind of stuff when you don't have the results like it works like look at the i'll give you another example look at the washington football team that team flat out plays for ron rivera they don't care that they're bad they don't care that they only won four games it didn't matter because he's not this like coaches speak rah rah guy he knows you know what's expected of you he demands respect and they go out and they play for him and you know putting alex smith alex smith back in there once he was healthy helped they've got chase young who's great and you've got playmakers but the difference is they know that they're building something whereas the bears have been dealing with this for three years now and the guys are just like this this just ain't it like this just this isn't gonna be it and so that mentality goes into the physicality of the game where you look at guys and like, like, you know, like Mitch is firing guys up and, and Nagy's firing up guys before the game and half of them are like, okay, like we're facing Aaron Rodgers tonight. Like, dude, like this is like, what are you doing? Yeah. And, uh, Kevin, um, there was an episode where you and I were talking about Nagy and I said that I felt like Matt Nagy, the word I used was phony. Okay. And mm-hmm. I swear to God, Abdallah right there just hit it on the head of exactly what I was talking about. And I just couldn't put it into words. So basically that that that's literally what I was trying to say this entire time. It's like he talks a big game, but like the results on the field do not, you know, they they don't match up with that. So, well, I don't necessarily think he's I don't think he's phony. I just don't think he's ready for this. Like, I don't think he was ready for this job. I think that you can have those like like there has to be a, a good mix like. Look at Pete Carroll, right? Like Pete Carroll's out there on the sidelines before games, tossing the ball around with his players, always having fun, always relaxed, and like they win, and so it works. Like all all the the ancillary stuff that you do around the game, the club dubs and the whatever, all that stuff works if you win. Like it worked. Like everybody loved it the year they went to the playoffs, but they lost to the Eagles. Like everybody ate that stuff up, you know. And then you start to lose a few games and you're like, like, we're like, okay, so if they win, like, let's say they beat the Texans, right? You're going to, you're going to do club dub again. Like, <laughs> like really? Like you, like you, after this winning streak or after this losing streak, you beat the Texans who fired their entire coaching staff in their front office. And like, you're going to, you're going to celebrate that. Like, that's what it is. It's like, okay, you're that it's not necessarily phony. It's just, it's, it's not his that's all he knows and it's not working because there's no results yeah fair enough well i think you, yeah you, all he knows is that culture you know and, yeah. and that's what we talked about for the past three years is this team is built on their culture and we talked about what could happen when the culture is going well but we rarely talked about what would happen if the culture fell apart and now we're seeing the results of what happens when that culture falls apart well, you see what happens of, i mean look Tariq cohen is talking shit on twitter about you've got former players coming out of the woodwork saying that look we've been telling you for like like they're like basically lance briggs alex brown and kyle long we're all sitting there being like i told you this was not gonna work like like it's it's turning into a lion's situation where if if Nagy ends up going you're gonna have players that broke bad on matt patricia it looks like players are starting to break bad on matt Nagy. i mean look at alan robinson's body language i'm not a big body language guy i hated those calls we used to get when jay cutler was here and people like oh look he doesn't even care on the sideline it's like no jake jake cared Alan Robinson doesn't look like he can. He looks like he knows he's got a few games left and then he's out and he's going to go to, he's going to, he's done playing for Blake Bortles and he's done playing for new Blake Bortles. And he's going to go find a real team with a real quarterback and he's going to get paid to do it. 
he's done with this and you can just tell he's done with this yeah yeah, yeah that's a fair point i i do you because there are a lot of people that believe that um you know as long as he gets the money that he's asking for he'll stay in chicago do you do you not think that matters like at all no i don't i don't think they have the money i mean i don't even think it, it matters as, as far as as him getting the money he wants because if you look at their cap space right now they have two and a half million dollars left in cap space for next year now i know people are going to get cut and people are going to leave because they're free agents like alan robinson and that kind of stuff but they don't even have enough money unless they go over the cap because it's projected to drop to 175 million dollars so if that's the projected cap then they don't even have enough to pay for his franchise tag for next year so they could do something where they do the transition tag, where which is what they did with Kyle Fuller a few years ago. Yeah. So remember when they did that with Kyle Fuller? They gave him the transition tag. Yeah. It's like two to three million dollars cheaper, depending on your position. For Allen Robinson, it's about two and a half million dollars cheaper. So, but that allows other teams to make offers to him. So the Packers went and made the offer to Kyle Fuller, then the Bears had to match it. So the same thing could happen for Allen Robinson. They could make the offer. It's only about thirteen and a half million dollars, which the franchise tag is about fifteen or close to sixteen million. He's gonna want he wants twenty million a year, and someone's gonna give it to him. I mean, teams are gonna have money. I mean, there are a ton of teams that have money out there. You know, there's a lot of teams that don't have money because the cap is going down. I mean, the Saints are almost sixty million dollars over the cap for next year. Yeah. You're gonna have to shed a ton of salary, and maybe you can pick up some guys, you know, for cheap there. But as far as keeping Allen Robinson around, if you Trying to, to fill the holes on the offensive line, trying to, you know, I mean, you might love Jimmy Graham, but that nine million dollars doesn't look so hot right now, does it? When you could probably have given that to Alan when you could have given that to Alan Robinson this year. Because yeah. great, five touchdowns are cool, but when you've only won five games, what difference does it make? Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair <laughs> enough. I you know, I I said this uh when they lost to the Vikings, I was like I'm honestly going to be questioning Allen Robinson's intelligence if he does re-sign with the Bears because, like, it's ridiculous at this point. You know what I mean? Like, he – my whole argument with him is that he's going to get the money wherever he goes because it's Allen Robinson. I mean, he's going to get the, the, the looks and the targets wherever he is because he's Allen Robinson. So it's like I never – like, I just don't see the incentive for him, you know, to stay in Chicago. Like, there just doesn't seem like one anyway. So I don't know. I feel like he'll if, if they can offer him twenty million, he'll stay. I mean, yeah. he had yeah. seven targets against the Lions, right? Trubisky yeah. threw thirty-four times, seven of them to Allen Robinson. You know who else had seven targets? Cole Komet. Like Allen Robinson's your number one wide receiver. What are you doing? Like he should be getting double digit targets. Like that's insane. And so that's just goes back to whether it's Nagy's play calling or it's Trubisky's inability to go through his progressions, or it's the offensive line's inability to keep you know, him protected so he can then go through his progressions. It's just all bad. Like everything you look at is just bad. And I, I don't think they're going to have the money to keep him. I think they let him walk. They either try to go the cheap route and try to just sign someone for cheap, or you're going to look at some, some late round draft picks that are going to be on the off. Like basically all their draft picks are going to be offense. Every single draft pick is going to be offense this year because you have to get a quarterback. You have to get offensive line and you're probably gonna have to make up for Allen Robinson. And then what? I mean, who, who's your number one wide receiver then? I mean, Darnell Mooney. I mean, yeah. I mean based like, on that's targets, it's, like. it's Darnell Mooney. It's Anthony Miller had five targets, and then Komet had seven. Wims had one. I mean, you're you're talking about trying to draft a dude if you draft a quarterback in the first round and giving him absolutely nothing to work with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just 
it almost seems like I don't want to say it, but like, like it almost seems like they're going to be going down the Mitch, you know, cycle again, like where, the, you know, they, there's nothing to work with. And, you know, it's just not going to help with the quarterback's development, of course. So, you know, I, man, it, this is like the exact situation I've been telling Kevin and Jake on our podcast. Like this is the exact situation I wanted to avoid as a Bears fan, like kind of just being in no man's land. And, you know, you're not bad enough to to get the premier talent. But, you know, there's mm-hmm. still you know, there's still talks about playoffs right now. And, you know, no, guys, there's not. No, there's not. No, there's not. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. I'm not saying I agree with it. but man. Sorry about that. I forgot to turn off the notifications. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know, man. A lot of I I can't believe they're still talking about it, but I I'm still seeing it, man. I'm still seeing it. I mean, who do you guys think? Like, what, what? I'll ask you guys. You guys are diehard Bears fans. You know what? What do you want? A house cleaning at the end of this? Oh yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Well, here's and here's my argument. I don't think like in the six percent chance they're given a six percent chance to make the playoffs, even in the event that that happens, which it won't. I think they still clean house, regardless of the situation. Like, people are afraid of the scenario that, oh, the Bears somehow pull off a miracle and they make the playoffs, and or even if they get to 8-8 eight and eight and they save Pace and Nagy's job. I don't think there's any scenario. I think what happened to the Packers was kind of the dagger, and now what happened to the Lions is just, you know, pushing the dagger in further. Like, I don't think there—that that was the point of no return. There's no way that you can, that they can salvage their job. Um, you know, if you win the Super Bowl, that's the only way. It's the only possible way, and that's not mm-hmm. going to happen. So, um, I, you know, people— Watch Bears out for have, the Texans. I'm telling you, the Texans have won three of their last five games— uh, you know, they put up 20 on the Colts defense. They put up yeah. 41 on the Lions. They put up 27 on the Patriots, 27 on the Jags. I mean, they can score. So can I know score. their defense isn't great, but obviously that didn't help against the Lions. And I mean, obviously, look at the difference. What was the difference in the game? Which which quarterback was constantly picking up long third and long? Uh, it was Matthew Stafford. You don't think that Deshaun Watson is going to have an axe to grind with this uh, with these guys on Sunday? Come on. Yeah, it's I it's weird. So you you early on said um, that you kind of suggested that players were not willing to give their all for Matt Nagy and were kind of checking out. Do you think that that is something that is going to continue? We're going to see that the next four games where it is going to be visible every time you turn on the television that these players aren't really, you know, putting their all out there for the coach. No. So, so there's a difference, right? Like you got to, the difference is like, these guys are never going to go out there and not try. Like guys aren't going to purposely miss tackles and like, cause then you're, you're, you're looking at injuries then. Like if one of the offensive linemen just decides not to block, like that you could cost someone a career ending injury. So they're all professional athletes, you know, they're all getting paid to do a professional job. So no one is ever going to like dog a game. Like everyone's going to go out there and give it their, their, their maximum effort. The problem is when you're in these meetings and you're in, in this guy and, you know, you're in the locker room before and you're breaking down the game afterwards, like it's just a tune out factor, you know. And, and so while the Bears never fire anybody midseason, like what are they going to do? Make Pagano the head coach and build like you're just going to get rid of Nagy just to get rid of Nagy. And then what? Lasers your offensive coordinator. Pagano takes over as head coach and defensive coordinator. Now, you're just not going to do that because there's not that much time left. And the Bears never do that. They've never fired anybody midseason. So they're just not going to do it. So unless, like, they get completely destroyed here. But I think them having the, se- the second Packers game at the end of the season is helping them because they can at least, you know, finish out the season uh, without avoiding two losses to the Packers. So 
I don't think guys are going to quit on their teammates, but there's definitely going to be a tune out factor with Nagy for sure. But you're never going to see dudes quit on, on each other. I don't no. think you're going to do that. No. Like they, they, they're still trying. I mean, think about it. Alan Robinson is still playing for a contract. The dude wants $20 million. Yeah. He's not going to get it. He's, if he has, you know, bad games the rest of the year, you know, like some of these guys are still playing for their money. I, I, I saw, I've seen a lot of people say, um, I've seen a lot of people say that that Allen Robinson play where he, you know, stepped out of bounds instead of reaching for the first down, that he did that on purpose. So do you think that's not? No. Yeah. I know. I mean, we've talked to Allen Robinson a few times and like we, you know, we've done shows with him. I've sat with him for a few hours and done shows with him. And like he came up to us at the at the uh, Super Bowl and talked to us for, you know, like half hour, 45 minutes while he was just waiting for stuff. No, he's not. He's not doing anything on purpose like that that's a that's a mental mistake probably didn't know where he was on the field or where the first down marker was or something like that he would never try to do that never yeah Mm -hmm. yeah no i i that's 100 percent what i thought i just wanted to clarify that because i i don't know why that was even getting thrown around but yeah just ridiculous statement right there yeah, that that is ridiculous. Before we get into this last segment, I kind of want to ask you about where you believe, what you believe the situation is for next year in the future. So to me, there are actually a few scenarios because everyone says rebuild, you know, tank, rebuild, you know, and, and the turnaround is going to be three to four to five years. I, I personally don't think that's the case. I think there is still an opportunity here where you could pick up a veteran with a new coach and run it back next year with a chance to, to make some noise. I mean, Alex Smith is out there. You got other types of veterans. Matthew Stafford even, you know, he's going to not most likely not be in Detroit. Uh, I posed the, the question of whether Aaron Rodgers could come to Chicago, uh, Dak Prescott and his situation. So to me, my most ideal scenario is you clean house, you bring in a new coach, you get yourself a veteran quarterback and a quarterback who's established and, you know, not like Nick Foles, a guy who's actually been good in the past. And you run it back in 2021. And then, look, this is like the Packers in 2018 with Matt LaFleur. They were in 6-9-1 2018, grab Matt LaFleur, and we're 13-3 the next year. Uh and the 49ers were 4-12 in 2018 and made the Super Bowl in 2019. Like, the turnaround doesn't have to take four to five, three to four to five years. And especially with the talent and the young pieces you have on this roster, I do see a scenario where that turnaround could be just one year. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, I will answer your question with a question, with a few questions. What young pieces? Name the young pieces. Okay, so Eddie Jackson, David overpaid. Montgomery. Uh, overpaid. He's a running back there. Eddie Jackson's way overpaid for what he no, does. No, I, 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 and yeah. if anything, you try to trade him while his value's high. Montgomery's oh, just a running so. back. While he's, while he's a great look, dude, he's my guy. He rolled high, but I mean, he can't tackle. And I knew that coming in. Like, I hope he's not. You don't. I hope. I hope that Bears fans didn't think they were getting a tackler because he couldn't tackle at Alabama. So I don't know why anybody thought he was going to tackle for the Bears. You know, he he returned punts for Alabama and he intercepted a bunch of balls because that's what he does. But if you look at that team. Minka Fitzpatrick was on that team. Like, if I, if I gave you that Alabama lineup the year that Eddie Jackson was there, he was, like, the fifth or sixth best defensive player on that team. Like, that team was full of studs. That might have been their best defense ever, and they had one of the best defensive lines in the country that year, besides Clemson. And that's why – and he fell to them in the fourth round because he broke his leg. So, I don't think they have – what young pieces besides Eddie Jackson? Darnell Give me the young Rooney. pieces – Oh, Darnell, he's going to be your number one? 
Well, no, I'm just saying, I'm just talking about young pieces, but here, here's the deal. I mean, it's not just young pieces. It's you have guys under contract until 2022. So, I mean, this is, I mean, that's what I'm saying is like, you have guys under contract for the next two years. And this window was supposed to technically last until 2022. That was what people said. Now you have Khalil Mack still here. You have Robert Quinn here for a long time. You have Akeem Hicks until 2022. Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, like I mentioned, um, Mm -hmm. Alan Robinson, we don't know. Darna Mooney, uh, you know, a majority of that offensive line that needs to be retooled, but they have been looking better lately. Um, Anthony Miller, he's going to be gone actually, but not yeah. good. I, I'm you not named, in on Anthony Miller. You but. named two offensive players. You yeah, named that's, Mooney yeah. and Montgomery. Okay? Yeah. And Nick Foles has a dead cap hit of $14 million next year. There's your established veteran. Okay? You can't – and Dak's not coming in because you don't even have the money to pay your own guys. How are you going to pay Dak? Dak wants $50 million. Like, you're not paying He's Dak. Not okay? I know he's not going to get it, but you're not – you're not – that was an exaggeration, obviously. But he's – Still, you're not paying him. Alex Smith, the dude's leg was bleeding. I know it wasn't the other. It was the other leg. But still, you want every time that dude takes a hit, I I, I feel like I'm, my leg's going to fall off. Okay? You can't have Alex Smith. This is a complete rebuild. Like, this is a complete – no, there's no running it back. Because if you're running it back, why get rid of anybody? They only have one more year left on their deals anyway. So what's the point? Well, like, I mean, that's – because I mean, if you're gonna if if you're gonna hire a new coach and you're gonna hire a new GM yeah. and say you have to keep all the players, you're not getting a good coach or GM. Because look at the teams that are look, go through the teams and look at the teams that are gonna need uh, new coaches and GMs, right? So Houston, uh, the Jets, uh, the Lions, the Falcons, probably the Chargers. So you're telling me that your top coaches are gonna come to Chicago where they have to coach Nick Foles and a draft pick instead of coaching. Justin Herbert and Matthew Stafford or Alex or not Alex Smith. Um, uh, what's his face uh, in, in Atlanta? Um, uh, Matt yeah, Matt Ryan. So one of the you're going to come to Chicago and coach Nick Foles. Get out of here. I mean, I don't think it It doesn't necessarily have to be about finding the top guy. I mean, I don't care about someone with the great like you could have five guys with the greatest resume. I mean, I don't care about any of that stuff anymore. I need a guy who's going to get the most out of their players. And this is the whole issue. Like there are coaches out there who can do who have done a lot more who can do a lot more with a lot less and the bears right now if they got the most out of all their players and they utilize lamar miller and they utilize artavis pierce and they utilize riley ridley i mean this is a roster that should be in contention and everyone agrees with that but they have a coach who can't get the most out of the players and can't develop anybody so when i say run it back i say that because everybody agrees that this the reason why everyone is so underwhelmed right now is because everyone thought that this was a team with a chance to win a championship this year or at least get to a point where they had an opportunity to do so. Yeah, I think a majority of people thought that this team should have been in the playoffs this year. At in least pl- should have been in the playoffs. In the playoffs, fine. You want to say they're going to be 9-7 and seven or 8-8 eight and, eight well, and make the playoffs, that's fine. But, I mean, this is like we said last year, this is a team that was, that was bottom of the barrel in offense, and they had a really good defense. They didn't add anything to that offense. They thought that fixing their offensive line was getting in a new coach and not bringing in any new players. Yeah. I mean, the players, the players aren't good. Simple as that. I'd, see, yeah, I disagree, though. I disagree, though. I think what, see, that, what that's the difference for me. If you can't, here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing. The, the defense is, is, is allowing, going into the Lions game, is allowing 20 points per game, okay? They were allowing 20 points per game. Right now, they're allowing, I just got rid of it, but they're, they were 12th in points per game allowed, okay? So 12th in points per game. So you're top half of the league. 
their defense is still bottom of the barrel. What what good players do they have on defense or on offense that can tell you that can tell you that they can score more than 20 points a game unless they're playing the Lions? Well, here's the thing, and this is what I've been saying for weeks. I mean, you don't have to have guys with long resumes. I mean, you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. James Robinson's the third leading rusher in the NFL. You look at teams who, the Patriots, who consistently year after year are having, you know, undrafted rookies making plays all over the field, Jacoby Myers and, and Damian Harris and all these guys, and yet we can't do anything with guys who are third and fourth round picks. I mean, that is a direct, that that's a direct testament to what the coach has done with this organization. I mean, I oh, completely- no, 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 no. It's, 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 it's who they're drafting in the third and fourth you picked Cole Komet in the, I don't know, in the second round this year why are you drafting a tight end nobody wanted in the in the second round you just paid a tight end nine million a year and then you draft another one like it's it's all comes down to who these guys are drafting on offense Ryan Pace can't draft offense he hasn't been able to name me one good offensive player that he's drafted on offense one none yeah, there I mean, aren't any yeah yeah, but it's players, dude, it's it's everything. It's Ryan Pace setting up bad players on offense, and it's the coach who can't coach anything out of these bad players. Like these these players are in the NFL. They can't these this team. The offensive talent isn't there. You need a complete complete rebuild. I would start moving off defensive pieces if you could, and then and then you just start you start compiling picks next year. You're gonna tell me that a GM is gonna come here and want this job. With two and a half million dollars sure. in cap space and and five draft picks next year, that's it. They don't even have all their own picks next year. Yeah, I mean, well, that actually kind of plays into my what what my question was going to be. How how attractive of a destination do you think Chicago is for a GM or a head coach? Um, honestly, in general, or it, it, this? I year? mean, you know, well. You know, this year, if Pace no, I mean, and- you got to talk about this year because in general, it doesn't matter because it's the NFL. So there's no like you can't tell me, oh, it's the Bears at the major market. The 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 Packers play in the middle of nowhere, and they're they have the best uh, quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So don't tell me or one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So it's not about market. It's not about the Bears anymore. If you win a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter where you are. I mean, the Chargers have had two homes in the last three years. They could have, they could win, if they win a Super Bowl, is anybody going to care that it's the Chargers and not one of the charter franchises? That stuff doesn't matter. You know know that stuff matters to? Fitz up at Northwestern. That's who that dumb stuff matters to, okay? So if you ask me how this job looks, to me, it's one of the worst jobs in the NFL right now because of the way it's structured, because of the way of what you've done with the cap space and what you've done with the cap space looking. Because I'm not even talking about cap space this year. I mean, look, they can't trade him. Look at how much dead cap space he's owed, even if they trade him the next few years. Like, you are stuck with these players. You're stuck with Robert Quinn. You're stuck with Khalil Mack. You're stuck with Eddie Jackson because they've invested so much money and deferred so much money long-term that no one is going to trade for these guys because they're going to be old. And and Khalil Mack's fallen off this year. Eddie Jackson had a great year and got paid. But other than that, and then on top of that, you don't have any draft. You have five draft picks next year. I mean, you're going to get some compensatory picks, but I'm talking about like, look at, look at the Dolphins. The Dolphins have like 20 picks and they have a decent team that's starting to turn around. That's a better job. They're not going to lose their coach. The Flores is doing the job there. But, but Lynn's going to get fired out of, out of the, out of San Diego. That's a better job. Are you kidding me? Justin Herbert's my quarterback, and they're playing well, and they they like playing for him. That's a it's a great job. The Lions is a better job because you've got Stafford there. If you can, he's not going anywhere. He's not gonna he's not gonna leave. They're gonna pay him. He's gonna be a line for life. 
And so maybe not for life, but he's going to be a line in his next contract for sure. They're not going to get rid of him. He's, the, he's all they have. He's literally all they have. And they've got some playmakers now on, on once they're fully healthy on offense. Yeah. So you just have to get a guy who can come in and fix the defense. I'm telling you, Robert Sala is going to take that job and he's going to fix that defense. And they're going to be a good team next year. They should have been a good team this year, if not for injuries, but they're, they're going to be a better team next year. So you look at that. You look at the Jets job. You have the number one pick in the draft. You can have Trevor Lawrence, a generational quarterback, or Justin Fields, Kevin, whoever you want to take, or Mac Jones. How about that? Draft uh, Mac Jones first. He's a, better, he's a better thrower than both of them. Just sorry. Just look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. He's a better thrower than both of them. Okay? He's more accurate. He's got a 75.7 uh, oh completion percentage. Oh, boy. Yeah, how about that? So oh you've got you've got the you've got the number one pick in the draft that you can that, and and a bunch of other high picks you can build that that's a better job. Uh, the Texans you've got Deshaun Watson are you kidding me that's a better job. Atlanta yeah. you've got Matt Ryan who's still who can still if you put together a defense that offense can still score we've seen it and now their defense if you look at their defensive DVOA they've become the top their top three in passing uh, DV passing DVOA in the last three weeks and rushing their in top 10 rushing defensive DVOA the last three weeks. So they're starting to come around too. teams. Aren't the same teams that they are in the beginning of the season. Look at the bears. They won five games. <laughs> so yeah. to me, out of, out of the jobs that we know are going to be, oh, are open because they've already cleaned up. It's the worst job. It's by far the worst job. But what, yeah. what if GMs aren't looking at it that way? I mean, when you, when you talk about GMs going and like a new regime coming in, I mean, most of the time the narrative is that you're coming in to change an organization. And the situation is you're coming in to rebuild and, you know, you have to overhaul an organization. That is most likely the case. But I still think, you know, there could be a GM that sees the situation and potentially mm -hmm. sees what I see and says, look, if we hire the right guy and we have a somewhat above, you know – top 12 talent roster in the NFL, mm -hmm. which I would say the Bears are, and they look at that and say, you know what, we're going to hire the right guy who's going to get the most. No, they're over. not. I would say, I would say so. I would say, see, here's the thing, and here's what you said earlier that was just kind of playing into my point. I mean, we, you, you said Khalil Mack drops off, Robert Quinn drops off, Eddie Jackson drops off, and then, you know, you see Adam Shaheen goes to Miami and he's actually doing something. Trey Burton goes to Indianapolis. He's doing something. That's I mean, this, man. this... I mean, Adam Shaheen is mean, doing a lot. They have a couple but, touchdowns. Big deal. You think Green Bay fans are sweating? Uh, are sweating Jimmy Graham? Oh, he's got five touchdowns. You think they're calling no, into the Green Bay shows and because they're, they're sweating five touchdowns from Jimmy Graham? No, no. So what? A guy's got some touchdowns. Big deal. But no, my point is that I mean, we have clear evidence that the guys who have come to Chicago have clearly regressed. And the guys who have left Chicago have done have done well, have done better. I mean, we, we always talk I'll about it. Here's what I'll compare it to. I made this analogy on the show, right? I watch a lot of HGTV. I don't know if you guys heard this. I watch a lot of HGTV, all these renovation shows, right? Property so if brothers. you compare the Bears to one of these re renovation shows, whether it's House Hunters or whether it's uh, uh, Hometown or whatever it is, okay? You're looking to buy a house, right? You, wife, girlfriend, whatever. You're looking to buy a house. If you know you have to do a full renovation and you know you got to come in and strip it down to the studs, you at least want the foundation to be set. And the foundation is drafting Trevor Lawrence first overall, having Justin Herbert, having Matthew Stafford, having the most important position, or if not having the most important position, being able to draft it, or having the money in place to go and then get that position. You know, like if you just have a bunch of money, like the Cowboys have a bunch of money, they can just, pay, they're just going to end up paying Dak. It's fine. They'll franchise him or whatever. He's going to get his money and they're going to keep him. He's not going to leave. Jerry's, Jerry's crazy. He's not stupid. 
Okay, he's rich for a reason. Stupid people rarely get rich. They might be crazy, but they're not stupid. Okay, he's he's gonna keep Dak. They're gonna franchise him, and then they'll he'll be angry. He's still gonna play. So then, or you've got Deshaun Watson already in place. So if you have the found, if you have the money, and you know you're gonna come in, you're like, I'm gonna buy this property. It's gonna be two hundred thousand dollars. I'm gonna put in one hundred twenty thousand dollars in renovation, and then when I want to get rid of it, it's overvalued now because I've increased the value because I put in all this time and effort, but the foundation was there. What the bears are is if you go in and this young couple buys a house and they don't know anything about it and you start stripping everything down and there's weird wiring that you have to bring in a wiring person, an electrician to come in and do. There's there's asbestos in the ceilings. The foundation's on a tilt, so you need to come in and do everything. And guess what? This poor young couple who just got married has no money because they didn't plan for this. They thought they were going to spend 25 grand renovating a kitchen and that was going to be it. But no, they have to do the whole thing. They have to do this whole house, and now they're in debt $100,000 because they had to replace an HVAC system, redo the foundation, and because there's tube wiring in the whole thing, they got to redo all that stuff. That's what the bears are. There's nothing There's nothing here, and you don't have the money to fix it. You think no, there's nothing here? Analogy. Nothing? That's I don't analogy. think there's anything here. I mean, you've got a decent defense, but what? What does that get you? You can't score. You need to score in the NFL. You can't. This these old school winning games seven to three that doesn't fly anymore. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, I just I, I'm kind of. Are you also? I I, I kind of know your answer after what you just said, but like I I'm just I'm kind of sick of this defensive monsters of the midway type you know BS. Like just go just go and freaking get a quarterback, man. Go and get a quarterback, you know, find a, a, a good, uh, you know, offensive mind that you can pair up with that quarterback and just go put up some damn points, man. Like, I'm just so sick of this def- defensive minded culture and whatnot. Like, uh, I, I'm over it, man. I really am. No, I mean, I th- you got to have both, right? Like, you of can course, have both. Of course. You yeah, can, I mean, yeah. look at look at like no one thinks the Steelers are real and they lost to the Washington football team yesterday. Right. So their offense is being criticized and Mike Tomlin's all pissed because their offense is being criticized. No one thinks they're real. Like, look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are winning games by single digits the last few few weeks. You know, people still think they're real because they why? Because they have offense. Like people think you can run all over the, the Chiefs. That's fine, because if the game's on the line in the last possession and Mahomes has it, you're going to win the game because he's Patrick Mahomes. That's the point. You can have a good mix of both. You can't have two extremes. You can't have the best defense and the worst offense. You can you can kind of get by on having a really good offense and a subpar defense as long as you can score whenever you want to because you have generational talent at the quarterback position. The Bears are in the other seat right now. They have a good defense that's lacking now, but they have still have a Super Bowl quality defense, caliber defense if everybody was in there. I mean, the difference is, look, Eddie Goldman opted out, and he's a yeah. huge loss. So they'd be huge. They, that'd be huge for them. You know, Akeem Hicks went out there on half a leg with his hamstring. Who knows how good he, how fully healthy he was, but he's going to go out there and play. So yeah. Do you have pieces on the defense? Sure. But the only way to make up for everything that's been happening on the offense is that you're going to have to trade away some of these pieces. And I don't know if you're going to find a trade partner that you're willing to give up because I don't know if anybody's giving you a first round pick for Khalil Mack anymore because of the money he's owed. Like, it's just about, it's a matter of money. I. I don't think they would. I I don't think there's a scenario they would trade Khalil Mack. I don't think that. I don't think so either. Because I don't think anybody wants him because of the money. I don't think they can because they still have to pay him. It's he's he's almost cheaper to yes. keep. Yes. 
But people want Khalil Mack, I think. I mean, he's not top 10 defensive end this year in stats. I mean, Unless you, you listen numbers, to PFF. Unless you listen okay, to so PFF. He's got a good look, I, look, I love pro football focus. He's got a good win rate. Like he's got a good win rate. I get it. And he gets held a lot. But still, like, you're going to have to find – I just think it's going to be a lot longer than people think. Like, I don't think you're just running it back with, with Nick Foles because that's your veteran quarterback. You're oh, drafting man, a quarterback, Nick and Nick Foles is your veteran. Yeah. Because he has to be. Were you going to pay him $14 million to go away? Yeah, I mean. Sure. Get him out of here. <laughs> they don't have that kind of money. The Bears yeah. are broke. So are, are you – would you – would you say that Bears fans should expect another losing season next season? Oh man! Obviously, obviously, it's a long way to. There's a long way to go. But if you had to say, like, are you expecting that right now, no matter what? Mm, uh, I don't. So I the don't, fact that you're reluctant, like the fact that you're reluctant to give an answer, like sh- proves that you believe that there's still something there, right? No, that's not true because I could say seven and nine is a losing season, and eight and eight to me is still a losing season because what's the point of eight and eight? Like, yeah, what's the point of eight and eight? They could still be eight and eight this year, and what's the point? You probably won't make the playoffs, and you have a crappy draft pick. So to me, it's a losing season, and you got to fire everybody. So to me, it's a losing season. You know, can they? Can they get it? Like, let's say they draft Mac Jones. Let's say they find a way to. Um, you're gonna love Mac Jones, dude. That I 80% completion, Jones. 75% <laughs> completion. He's got the best deep ball in the country. That's fine. You don't like him. Right, we'll see him. We, we, hey, we gotta see him without Smitty, bro. We gotta see him. Without I mean, Smitty. look. Okay, so he's gonna. Okay, so he's gonna come back and have and have NFL caliber talent when he's on an NFL team. I mean. Fair enough. That's what people Fair say. Enough. Oh, he's got NFL caliber talent on the field. Okay, and then what happens when he gets to the NFL? He's got NFL talent because he's in the NFL. But, but so anyway, but he's also uh, playing against NFL defenses. To be fair, I mean, not not so far this year. I would say wait, wait till Florida. Let's see, wait till Florida. Uh, yeah. Or Clemson. Okay. I would fair. say wait till Clemson fair. or Florida or Notre Dame. We'll see. But I would say that like if they draft the right quarterback and they start him right away and don't do this. We're going to let him learn under Nick Foles BS and they actually, and the defense and they keep the defense intact and they actually perform like a top five defense or top 10 defense. Then yeah, you can win eight games next year. Probably. I mean, it just depends on the schedule. It depends on, on what next year looks like. Like it it should be fine and it should be, you know, I'm talking about like how the schedule shakes out, like where everybody lines up, like you can still win eight games, but is that a winning season? Maybe if you make the playoffs, it's a losing season if you don't make the playoffs. So, I mean, it's up to it, – it's just dependent on what they do. I don't think they're one player away. They're not just a, drafting a quarterback and everything is fixed. Like, uh, you need you need a lot of stuff, and that's going to take some time. It's going to take some creative cap space. Yeah. See, I would argue – I mean, I mean, that's – my whole argument is they are, they are one away. I mean, I mean that, that's where I'm at. Um, you know, just – I, I just think it, it all boils down for me. Like, we could go the talk about the players all day, but it all boils down to, you know, the coach giving guys, first off, giving guys an opportunity. The fact that he doesn't even give Riley Ridley an opportunity, the fact that he doesn't even give Artavis Pierce and Lamar Miller an opportunity well, but, is the first issue. It's not even, but, but Kevin, they're not, again, they're not stupid. Like, he's got. Well, DeFilippo, I think they are. He's the, <laughs> well, he's got, but he's got Filippo, He's got Laser. He's got all these guys. You don't think if these guys could have could uh, could play at any level that they you know like Manti Teo's on the practice squad like he's just sitting there 
You know, like it's not that they're not using these guys. It's that they're, they're not performing like, like I love Ridley, but he's not good enough to get on the field. But how do we know that? How do we know that? Like we, we really don't know that. Because if he was, you don't think that they'd be trying everything they could to save their asses right now. You don't think that they would be trying every possible player at every possible. The dude who came here to call plays gave up play calling. You don't think he'd be trying everything and putting everybody out there. Well, he's clearly not. I mean, he's clearly not trying everything. If he was trying everything, he would put Artavis Pierce out there. He'd put Lamar Miller out there. He would give. What you, what you, you don't like David? What, what are you? What are you going to do with Lamar Miller? You you need I, I like Dave Montgomery okay and I've been critical of him he shut me up last week but they if they if they ran by committee they would have a lot more of a dynamic and successful no, offense but, but Montgomery's not that kind of back Montgomery's the kind of back that you just use until he's done like Montgomery's Montgomery's the kind of back that gets better as the game goes on the problem is they don't they don't use him as the game yeah. goes on that's the problem you have the right player out there he's just it's just not you it's you're not using him the right way the line is awful. I don't know. They just don't have yeah. playmakers, man. They just they just don't they need playmakers. That's it. They they and have I mean think about their weapons. They have the worst they have some of the worst weapons in the NFL. Yeah. You really I mean, think but, so? but, wouldn't you yeah. just I mean wouldn't you just wouldn't you just want to throw Riley Ridley and some of these guys out there at you know just to end the season just to kind of see, you know, if there's they're, you know, worth hanging on to at well, least. What I would do with him is I would say, why can't he return punts? I mean, we're signing guys off the street to return punts. When, why can't he return punts? Yeah, I mean, I wonder yeah. if he can. I mean, can the dude catch? Is that it? Yeah. Who? Uh, because if he can't, if he can't return punts and you're signing dudes off the street, then he's no, he's of no use. Then he's just a practice squad guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's because you and me can't. Me, you and me can't play on the practice squad. Because if we could, they'd pay us to. Because we'd be a lot cheaper. I just, you know, the whole Riley Ridley situation to me, I, I, me and Kevin have talked about it so much, but like this guy, I, I don't, I just don't think we talk about it enough. Like he was a fourth rounder. Like that is a guy who should be playing. And you exactly. know, like, that just, goes back to my point of saying Ryan Pace can't draft. No, Ryan but Pace see, but the, ah, that's the difference though. Like you drafted this guy in the fourth round and he's supposed and he to be good. Play. And what? He's just not good. He he's play. just not good. Who does that fall on though? Dude, the player, the coach he, can't develop him. Oh. It, it falls on Ryan Pace for drafting a player that can't see the field because 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 look at it, dude. Look at Shaheen. Look at Kevin White. Look at look at all these guys that he's drafted. Look at all these offensive players he's, dra- he's drafted. None of them have panned out. You think you think that 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 Riley Ridley's just sitting on the bench because he because he's good and they won't use him? He's not yes. good. He's not good. Well, he's maybe not good because he wasn't developed right and he wasn't given the proper ways of development. I mean, you can't sit like. I, I just cannot be convinced that every single pick that Ryan Pace has picked is bad. I mean, even if you're the worst GM in the league, you'll have some luck that one of these guys is good. And even you if they're not good, a coach can a turn good, them to be good. Well, name a good offensive draft pick. Well, that's 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 exactly playing to my point. I mean, I think Cody White here is still a good pick. I, not on the offensive line. Name me a skill. Line. Darnell skill. Mooney, I think, could fall under a category of good pick considering the value. And I, it's a little early to declare that. Um, but, I mean, everybody and their mother agrees that if Anthony Miller goes to another team, he's going to be a better player. If, you know, all these guys go to another team, they're going to be a better player. And everybody says this. Oh, once Allen Robinson goes to another team, not only just does he have another quarterback, but he's going to be a so much better player. And the guys who came here regressed. It's it's so clear to me. And like I'm not a Ryan Pace defender. Yes, he should be fired, but it's it's just it is funny to me because 
people like the same people who blame it all on Ryan Pace are the same people who are feeling so let down right now because they believe this was a championship roster. Well, who built that so, roster and who didn't so, get you that roster to the championship? Well, the well think about this though. You mentioned, yeah, but you also meant, well, he didn't build the roster. The Ryan Pace built the roster, but well, that's what I'm saying. You, you think, but think about it, but think about it this way. Think of who you mentioned. You mentioned Alan Robinson is going to go somewhere and be better. Anthony Miller is going to go somewhere and be better. Um, you know, Mooney might go so if he goes somewhere and is better. I know he's just drafted. He's not going anywhere. But, you know, like all these guys, they're going to go somewhere and be better. What's what's the one constant? The one constant is the guy throwing them the football who was drafted by Ryan Pace. That's the constant. That yeah. These guys, yes, they would be better. They would be a hell of a lot better right. if Mahomes or Watson was throwing to them. The, if, you- I mean, shit, if, if – sorry. If Jalen Hurts was throwing to them, who they could have drafted ahead oh. of Cole Komet. They'd, they'd be better right now. Well, let me ask you. Do you think Mitch Trubisky falls under the category of, oh, if he goes to another team, he'll be better? No, he, he can't play football. I don't know. I see. He's going to be a really good He's gonna be a really good backup somewhere, and that's that's it. The dude doesn't get it mentally. The dude doesn't get it mentally. He just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get the game. He can – look, man, I can study as hard as I want to for chemistry. I'm going to fucking flug f- chemistry Yeah. for yeah. sure. Almost. I, I, I got a D minus. I got a D minus. Oh, good job. You're close. You're That's close. why I'm doing this. <laughs> Pick the right career choice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he just look. He's well, a that nice, just about look, wraps up for us. So Dallas got to get super, out of here. He's a super nice kid. Before we go, he's a super nice <laughs> yeah, yeah. kid. He's a super nice guy. I've, I've talked to him before. He's a great guy. Great guy. Don't want him to be my quarterback. He can be my backup because in a spot start or or if someone gets hurt, sure. But he's not going to be my franchise quarterback. That's fair. I, I think that's very fair to say. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's going to be painful when Bill Belichick turns into a Super Bowl champion. That, that's all I say. That's all I say. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> hey, you never know. Or when he's a Bears Super Bowl I, championship because the I Bears are know. ripping off four in a row. Let's go. I do know. I know. I do know. I that's never going to happen. I don't know. We, it's a crazy league. It is a crazy league. And Not we, that crazy. We, it's. I think it is. I think it is that crazy. I the mean, best team exactly. still. The best team still make it into the playoffs, and the best team still win the championship. There's no. It's really not that crazy. 2020 is a crazy year. Mac Jones. Mac Jones, the oh, next God. Bears QB. Oh please. Uh, I mean, they don't. They might not really have a choice because he might be. It's going to be between him and Trask and Wilson probably. So they're really not going to. They're in a crappy position. So yeah. yes. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to get Abdallah on for our, you know, draft breakdown, and then we'll go. Oh, after. listen! If they draft Mac Jones in the first round, the day after the draft, book it, book it, <laughs> put it in the calendar right now. All right. If they draft Mac Jones the day after the draft. I'm doing the show for sure, for sure. Uh, all right, we're gonna remember sure. that. We're gonna we're gonna take you up on that. We'll we'll remember it just as we remembered the Jimmy Graham five touchdowns. That that's what I'll say. Right. we're not gonna gloat about it we're not gonna gloat about it enough of it. didn't really get him anything but sure yeah i know i know look i don't he's still, he's still making over a million a touchdown so yeah he sucks he sucks all right he sucks um and there's a reason why he's now on the bench you know 20 times more than cole Komet is now you know it's, it's, exactly I uh, appreciate you coming on, Adam Dell from ESPN 1000, uh, one of our favorite guys to come on here, our second recurring guest. So really appreciate it, Abdallah. Thanks for your time. Take care, and hopefully we'll see you, or maybe not hopefully, but if they draft Mac Jones. But <laughs> we'll see you again on this show for sure at some point. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, guys.
Take it. Take some, Dom. Welcome.